Welcome to the Four Quarters Podcast with Curtis Branch and Conley Phipps, Oklahoma's premier high school sports podcast, brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Welcome back to the Bravado Wireless uh, Podcast, Four Quarters with Kurt and Conley, and uh, we're joined tonight by Coach Ken Hayes, and uh, uh, I'm going to let Conley introduce him and give you a little background on him. They've got quite a uh, relationship, and then I'll interject a little golf here and there, Coach. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm excited to have uh, my former college coach and and uh, and one of my mentors, not only as a player, but but uh, when I when I started coaching, I still say some of the things, the same things you said, and do some of the thing, same things you did when I played for you, coach. And and I know there's going to be a bunch of redmen, and they're going to be watching this. And and uh, I just want to say for them, we appreciate all you did for us, and and support us when we were coaching and when we were playing. And uh, so it's it's an honor to have you on the show. Well, it's an honor to be here. And and let me the the people out there that we've got uh, Northeastern State Hall of Fame. University of Tulsa Hall of Fame, Bacon Hall of Fame. He's coached NBA players, doctors, lawyers, uh, <laughs> and even you, <laughs> and, and and some characters. A lot of characters. Yeah. So uh, we're we're glad to have you, Coach. It's really my glad pleasure. to have you. Looking forward to it. Well, the good thing is we don't have a script. We're just going to talk. We love to talk hoops. That's kind of what we're doing. Yeah. You know, we talked on the way over, but uh, there's so many great stories. But you started before we even got going here about telling us about Bacon. So tell, tell us a little bit about the Bacon days. That was your first college job, right? It really was. Uh, I was coaching at Stillwell High School. My goodness, we're like, we were right fifth in the state, 10-2 record. I had all the athletes in the world, and, uh, you know, it was a great team. Claudel Overton was a coach at Bay Cone. They go to Cameron. They, they're down 40 at halftime. He went to the dressing room, and he says, guys, you can leave or finish the game. I'm out of here. He left. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Juco's back in the old days. Okay. Yeah. Now, is that Bo's dad? That's, is that that's Bo's, Bo's dad. Yeah. That's Bo's dad. Yeah. A great guy. Yeah. And great coach. Yeah, great, yeah. But he'd had it. He'd yeah. had it. Okay, so <laughs> they called me, and I got the job. I come in there on Tuesday. We had a game on Thursday, and I didn't know all the players' names. We played at Easter now, Wilburton, and I said, you get in for him, you know, one kind of deal. A lot of yous out yeah, there. Yeah. So I was at the Department of One, and after two years, they were going to let me hire an assistant. I did all the teaching classes, all the sports, all the sports, track, baseball, basketball, the whole nine yards. So by now, Enos is, he's the coaching at Alice Robson Junior High, B-team baseball coach, incidentally. Uh, <laughs> I said, Enos, they're going to let me hire somebody out here, so uh, I really wish you'd come out and help me. He said, well, I don't know, you know, and so I, I thought Mary Lee was going to divorce him. <laughs> out two weeks, he finally says, okay, I'll come out. I said, now, we're just going to coach. You take baseball, I'll take baseball. You take basketball. We're just going to coach. I uh, said, I want to be your sister for a year, then I'll decide. I said, oh, just make up your mind to take one. <laughs> Two weeks just later, he one. says, okay. He got tired of hearing me. He said, okay, I'll take baseball, which was my Cardinal. Yeah. I, was the, I, I love coaching baseball. Yeah. He took my favorite sports. 
Well, he's in the in the Hall of Fame, as we know. Yeah. Had a great run at OU, won a yeah. national championship at Bacon, and so uh, it, it kind of worked out well for both of those. Now, <laughs> Coach, I, let me, I gotta bring this up while we're talking about Bacon, okay? And I've <laughs> learned so many lessons from you that have carried with me, and I have told this story to many a person and to many a young coach, okay? The way I remember the story, you're at Baycom. Yep. And you guys have an unbelievable year. And you go into the president, and you're going to try to use this unbelievable season you had to make a little more money. Do, <laughs> do, you know, try, try to improve your lot in life, right? Yeah. So you go in there, and, well, I, you know, we just did this, this, and this. And the president told you, that's why I hired you. That's a true story. Yeah, and, and it's always stuck with me. It's always, you know, well, hey, that's why you got hired, because that's what they expected you to do. And I've told that to so many coaches. I'll never forget that. The true story is, that's a true story. The, the four runs that it was, I went in the office, you know, and I says, uh, Mr. Guest, blah, 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 you know. And uh, I come home from, we went, we finished third in the nation at Hutchinson National Junior College Tournament. Yeah. I come back and you know, and I'm hoping to get a hundred dollar raise. And uh, <laughs> come to find out, they went up on my rent, which means now I'm I'm getting a salary reduction. Yeah. I said, uh, Mr. Guest, I says I, I thought I thought I did a good job. He said, Coach, he looked at me with those blue eyes, you know, and he looked right through me. He says. You did a good job. That's why we hired you. We thought you'd do a good job. Yeah. So, yeah. That kind of takes your ego out yeah. of it. Yeah. But, I mean, isn't that a great lesson? I no, mean, that's why you I never forgot hired. it either. Yeah. I, I mean, you say, well, some of my employees are coming in wanting to race. <laughs> <laughs> we expected you yeah. to do a good yeah. job. I, I'll be honest, though. I don't know that I expected all of them to do a good job. So, <laughs> some of them you just hope in a prayer. But. Well, Coach, let's go back to the start. So, the way I remember it, you graduate... Northeastern State, your your first job, Bradley, Oklahoma, right? Correct. Now, even when I played for you at Northeastern in the in the late 80s, we had the old Bradley 57. <laughs> 56, 56. 56, okay. Okay, well, never, I was yeah. just going to shoot it. I didn't yeah, care what yeah. we were running. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brad, Bradley 56, okay. Yeah. So... And you know, so you you had that offense, but what what were your coaching influences back when you were a young coach? Well, I had a, a great high school coach, and, and and a lot of my coaching personality stemmed from that. I mean, he was an aggressive guy; I was an aggressive coach. And uh, Bradley was a, a great story, though. Bradley, the school closed in 1968. The first Sunday in October, I'll go to Bradley, Oklahoma for a school reunion. I went to Bradley, Oklahoma, again, and, and inherited all those great athletes, little farm boys that were yeah. great athletes. We won 30 straight games. Holy cow. God had found him a coach and put him on earth. <laughs> the next you thought year, that was easy, didn't you? You thought it was easy. Those seniors graduated, and those fat sophomores showed up, and we couldn't beat anybody. That's when I realized how insignificant I was and how important talent was. And when I got to where I could recruit, I never forgot that. I recruited hard. 
But Bradley was a great experience. I was there three years. So where is Bradley, Oklahoma? Oh, man, halfway between Cox City and Middleburg. <laughs> oh, I know where Middleburg is. Okay. we, we got go, a cell tower in Middleburg. <laughs> you go through south, across the prairie there. Yeah. Bradley is six miles west of Lindsay, Oklahoma. Okay, yeah, no, exactly. They hired is. me. We had 50 kids in the top four grade, 27 girls and 23 boys. <laughs> but fortunately, those there were some athletes in those Yeah, were some guys could play. Yeah. Yeah. A funny yeah. story, the, the principal was a guy named Dwayne Snyder. He was a girls coach my first year. Well, we won 30 straight games, and the board had a meeting, and they wanted me to coach board. I was such a great coach. <laughs> coach boys and girls. And Dwayne Snyder, he agreed. He was, <laughs> he was happy. Yeah. Uh, I coached girls and boys, making $2,400 a year, you know, big, big time, big salary. And I drove a school bus for 600 bucks to and from morning and night and regular route and to and from all basketball, baseball games. Yeah. But I was a miserable failure coaching girls basketball. <laughs> One of the greatest things that ever happened to me, I was a failure. Failure at yeah. that. Yeah. But I tell you, you talk about, you know, and, and that's one of the lessons that I learned from you. Because, you know, when I was, when you hired me from Cleveland, you know, I had a pretty good run at Cleveland. You know, I was 24, 25, 26 years old. And then and then I came back, and, and I was lucky enough to come back. I wanted to get in college coach, and you called me, and, and I came back and worked for you for four years. But but that's one of the things I learned from you. Hey, it's, it's you know, it's a lot more about the players <laughs> than, it is, than it is about the coaching. I mean, there's no doubt. You know, I've always said, I've told coaches this, the big time is where you are. Yeah, I was at the University of Tulsa 10 years, New Mexico State, ORU. But I still have contact with Bradley High School players. The big time is where you are. Yeah. I don't care if it's uh, Notre Dame or UCLA yeah. or uh, Prue High School. <laughs> Until the end of February, new Bravado Wireless customers are eligible for 50% off of a new iPhone 11 with a new monthly plan. And on top of that, your second and third months of service are on us. It doesn't get much better than that. Visit bravadowireless.com for store locations. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Whether your roads are dirt, paved, or if you're blazing new trails, the roads we travel lead to all of our most cherished places and people. Bravado Wireless strives to keep you connected wherever the roads may take you. We are the leader in wireless mobility and connection in Oklahoma and across the nation. We carry some of the market's top cell phone brands, fast, reliable home internet, and even greater customer service. Locally owned and operated right here in eastern Oklahoma. So whatever roads you travel, Bravado Wireless has them covered. We are Bravado Wireless, and we believe in the power of connection. Well, it's funny you said that because that's one of the things I want to talk about. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. All your old players, and that's a lesson you taught all of us, and, and, and you know, you're Bradley, Oklahoma, tiny, you know, and, and 20 years later you're coaching against Larry Bird, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, and the wins all feel the same, don't they? I mean, a win's a win. Doesn't matter, it doesn't matter where you are, and that's a great lesson. The big time where you are, that's the big time. I'll never forget, we won a 
county tournament. I never heard of a county tournament. I go to Bradley, Oklahoma, and we're, we're play, play, playing Rush Springs mm -hmm. in the county tournament finals. People were literally, the fans were full. They were sitting on the beams up in the, in the top of there. That's how, that's how big time basketball was in, in Grady County. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he told me some, uh, you mentioned recruiting. Uh, he told me you got some pretty good recruiting stories. And so I uh, think we talked a little bit about Mark Gottfried and, uh, and then maybe Jay Billis. Was that well, one? so here's, here's, here's what I remember, Coach, and you and I have talked about this. And when we would go recruit, that's when I would get to hear the stories. You know, and it, I didn't hear them so much when I was a player, because you know. But now, when I work for coach, I'd hear, I'd hear some of those stories. But you know, I remember, you know, when you were at uh, Old Roberts, Jay Billis came on a visit. You had, you had the Acres brothers, and and Dick Acres was your assistant, and Billis comes on the visit. I think that's an interesting. I mean, I just that's how big time. ORU was. You got a big time player that ended up going to Duke. Yeah. You got him to Tulsa, Oklahoma on a visit. Well, as an Eric story, now, the other side of the story, I'm in his home. His folks were very religious people and obviously followed Oral Roberts. And uh, I'm in his home entertaining everybody with my little tricks. <laughs> Jay Billis wants to sign. I said, no, you just, just wait, just visit, and everything will be okay. I bring him in for a visit. The Acres boys have got the recruiting money to entertain him. But I go over there at 6 o'clock in the evening just to make sure they're all out and about. He's in the dorm by himself. The Acres boys takes the recruiting money, and they're off on a party. <laughs> So Jay Billis and I are over on the tennis courts playing tennis. Can you imagine me playing tennis? <laughs> Jay Billis was, uh, you know, what a career. Yeah, what a career. Uh, every time I see him on television, I'm reminded of some of those yeah, stories. Yeah. Of course, he went on Duke, was a heck of a player, oh. and really was in the recruiting class that kind of got Duke to start oh. being Duke. Oh, tell me about it. You know. His class was when they accumulated all the talent that went yeah. on and won national championships and all that stuff. But he tells a funny story about he thought Shashevsky, they got beat at Virginia of about 30, and he thought Shashevsky was going to get fired. And uh, of course, really? that, yeah. that didn't happen yeah. But anyway. Yeah, thank well, you. Yeah, had Johnny Dawkins on that. Oh, yeah. yeah that, that was really good. Yeah, it was good right squad. there. That's yeah. another great story. Duke wanted Mark Gottfried. And uh, Mark's dad, Joe, was a coach at Southern Illinois when I was at Tulsa and New Mexico State, and we became really good friends. So I really had an in on Mark Godfrey. Incidentally, I might add this, that Mark Godfrey is the only basketball player that be, ever won the Bear Bryant Award. That's how good a guy he was, anyway. So they didn't get Mark Godfrey, so they zeroed in on Johnny Dawkins, and. As they say, the rest is history. Yeah. yeah. But I, I remember that I was telling Kurt when we were driving up here that, you know, and and I, I don't know, some people, most people realize that, uh, you know, Oral Roberts, <clears throat> not, not the school, the man, yeah. you know, he was ahead of his time 
when it came to promoting athletics, promoting oh basketball, yeah, yeah. and you know, had the private plane and wanted yeah. to go recruit yeah. and, and get into all people's yeah. world. Yeah. But you know, how often you would fly on that private plane to California yeah. to see yeah. to, to, to see Godfrey. Yeah, yeah. And landed him and of course he yeah. Ended up going to, to Alabama, had a great career as both as a player and a coach, yeah. but just interesting times. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go back to uh, you left Baycom, went to to you as an assistant for Coach Swank. Oh, no, not true. Okay, remember my first love, baseball. Okay, Jim Killingsworth was assistant at TU, and. He was my mentor. He was at Lindsay when I was at Radley. Okay. So we became real close. And we talked about someday we're going to California and make money. Okay. That's right. I forgot. You went out there and coached junior college baseball. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. So the killer goes to Cerritos Junior College in South L.A. I go to the San Jose Campbell, California, which is San Jose area, as the baseball coach. I forgot about that. At, uh, <laughs> At a junior college, and absolutely loved it. I, I had two first aid classes on Tuesday and Thursday. The rest of the time I was free. I'm making four thousand dollars at Bacon. I stand on for ninety five hundred at at uh, junior college, and the next year they raised me to thirteen five. Well, I did not want to raise my kids in California. It was a turmoil times, uh, social unrest. Uh, Harry would read Harry Edwards and the activist at Cal Berkeley. It was wild, you know. So, I, yeah. so Joe Swank had tried to hire me. I said, Coach, I got to go to California and get this out of my system, you know. Jim Killingsworth had his junior college team in a state tournament 20 miles from my house. So I go up to see him play. Look, at, here's Joe Swank, TU coach, sitting in the stands. So I sat down by him, you know, and we were. Telling old story, and I said, Coach, if that job ever opens up again, I'd like to be considered. He said, Well, that job is going to be open, and I'd like to have you. So here I am, one year in California, taking my family back to uh, back to back to Tulsa. Yeah, yeah. And then when when Coach Swank left, you took over to you, and Coach, I remember this, and I was little. Okay, we would go those games. And if we weren't, if I didn't go, we'd listen to them on the radio. And you had great teams and great players. You're in the Missouri Valley. And back then, Missouri Valley, you're talking about Memphis, Louisville, Wichita State. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. St. Louis. St. Louis. You're talking about the best players, one of the best leagues in the in the country. And you had, all, you know, great teams and Back then, what was the NCAA tournament? Third, 16 teams, 32 teams? Yeah. Or you'd have had several NCAA tournament teams. But tell me about some of the great players you had at Tulsa. I mean, I can think of Willie Biles and, yeah. and Steve Bracey and Dana Lewis and, yeah. you know. And tell, you, tell us a little bit about that time. Uh, Bobby Smith. Bobby, Bobby Bingo, Bingo Smith. Smith, who uh, had his jersey retired this, this yeah, before just the pandemic. Yeah, before the pandemic. Yeah, I remember that, uh, yeah. I could spend all day telling you the recruiting stories. Uh, Bobby Smith, okay? Uh, Coach Swank had been to Memphis the year before, 
And uh, he said, I ain't never going back. I'm mean, some <laughs> racial issues. Yeah. Okay, so Bobby is going to Memphis State. He's going to be the first black player. Incidentally, Bobby is whiter than me, you know, even though he's... Uh, yeah. So a week before school starts at Memphis State, Coach called him and said, Bobby, we can't swing it. Here's one of the greatest players in America. Incidentally, he was a great baseball. and He signed a letter of intent with UCLA in football. $45,000 bonus pitcher with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He wants to play basketball, okay? So Memphis State can't get him. Bobby, where would you like to go? He said, well, uh, he'd heard of Utah, Oklahoma, and, and we had a, a player from Memphis that he remembered. So he said, Tulsa, so th three schools. Well, OU had put a lot of money and time in that effort. I later found out that one of the perks was they were going to fly the coach to all the home games with their private, one of their private planes. Now, this is true, and I can't tell you. This is yeah. Uh, I want yeah. to know. Oh, we're not, we're not interested in truth, Coach. We're interested <laughs> on a good show. <laughs> Truth can take us. Well, we're we're yeah. interested. I had lost my license to a traffic violation in California. I'm getting ready to go to Memphis to recruit. I've ridden with you. That doesn't surprise me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> At least you got the ticket. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so I'm going to go. Coach Swank ain't going to Memphis. So I, Coach, I'm going. The last phone call, this is how dumb I was, the last phone call they got, white man, don't show up in Memphis. Click. I got a wife and three kids. I get on the plane, go to Memphis. No, I can't even rent a car. I call the coach. I said, look, I'll take you and your wife to dinner with Bobby and his wife, and Bobby, Bobby, Bobby pick me up. Well, it's supposed to be 6 o'clock. At 7.30, he shows up at Bobby's house. Well, Bobby got these great parents. Big, fat mama just made out of sugar. Well, we connected, you know. We go out to the Ember Steakhouse, which was not integrated. Oh, my. <laughs> so I go in and I tell a mate and I said, look, I, I've got four black people here we like to eat. He looked at me like, I, I might kill you. Now, by now, Bobby and the two wives, the coach, are coming in. He didn't say, he said, follow me. And there's 200 people in the Ember Steakhouse eating. Follow me. So I'm in the back of the line. I'm, I'm going to get knifed. 200 people eating everything. Just dropped their forks and knives and watched this scene. So he took us over behind a petition. Well, naturally, it was a good-looking steak, but the taste, I didn't taste it. <laughs> we, get back, we get back to uh, Bobby's house. And uh, I want to get a cab. Guess what? Cabs ain't coming that part of town. <laughs> 10 o'clock at night. Bobby goes out and looks for a cab. Mary goes out and looks for Bobby, his wife. Yeah. She, I, by now, I'm outside the door, and she comes running back, all huffing and puffing, and says, Coach, you got to get out here. There's 400 people up at the corner, but they're going to burn this place. Holy cow. So Bobby comes back by and says, she starts laughing. She says, Bobby, you'll tell what I tell the coach. <laughs> he said, good gracious, Mary. That's scary to buy a dad. Don't be telling those kind of stories. <laughs> <laughs> 
we had been told how sharp she was. She yeah. was a brilliant, you know, really a smart gal and uh, yeah. had a great personality. I picked Bobby up the next morning at 6 o'clock in a cab. We go to Tulsa. I get off the plane. They take him. A week later, I don't know where they took him. I don't, till this date, I don't care. But back in those days, the last letter of intent wasn't that strong. You had to go to class. When, once you went uh, to the okay. first class, that's where you was going to school. Well, Bobby was kidnapped for a week somewhere, and come back on a Monday morning, goes to class, and comes back, Bobby, call your wife and call your mom. Later, Bobby told me the story. He said, Coach, he said, my mama said, you're going to Tulsa. He said, Mom, I ain't even been to the place. I ain't seen it. She says, well, you'll see it when you get there. <laughs> Here's a guy whose jersey had just been retired. Here's a guy in the NBA, you know. Uh, Cavaliers, just, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers. And, uh, you know, he's in every Hall of Fame that you can be in. Bobby Bingo Bobby Smith. Bobby Bingo Smith. Yeah. yeah, great, great player. Well, I know you had some great teams at Tulsa. One more bingo story. Let me tell you how good an athlete he was. He went out for spring football, and everything they could throw, he had it. Well, Glenn Dobbs, the football coach, is licking his chops. Well, come fall, and he ain't playing football. He's no. <laughs> so he, he wouldn't be Glenn Dobbs' favorite. But he played basketball for two or three hours over there, and they have a track meet across the field over there. He goes over in tennis shoes and sweatpants, sweating, and high jumps six seven, wow. which I think is still a, a T yeah. record. Wow, that's the kind of athlete is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Until January 31st, new Bravado Wireless customers are eligible for 50% off the iPhone 11 with a new monthly plan. And on top of that, your second and third months of service are on us. It doesn't get much better than that. Visit bravadowireless.com for store locations. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Until the end of February, new Bravado Wireless customers are eligible for 50% off of a Samsung A11 with a new monthly plan. And on top of that, your second and third months of service are on us. It doesn't get much better than that. Visit bravadowireless.com for store locations. Restrictions apply. See store for details. What uh, what were some what were some of the great teams in the in the valley at that time that you tangled with? Well, I mean, was Denny Crum at Louisville? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Denny and I became really good friends. We beat them. They ranked third in the nation, which is the highest ranked team to use ever beaten, incidentally. Then we got to go back to Freedom Hall and play them. Well, we were going on at 6 o'clock and get out there to practice, and they're still on the floor. I go out at midcourt, and I say, I'm glad you guys are practicing. We're tired of kicking your butt. <laughs> Probably just cracking up, and he was a great guy and also a great coach, obviously. Yeah. And was that the team that had uh, the Daryl uh, Griffith? Yeah, Daryl Griffith. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They had, they had great, great talent. Uh, how about this? I'm at TU for 10 years, three years assistant, seven years as head coach. My seven years of head coach, we had four teams in the final four. Now, how would you like to compete in that league, yeah, it's a big time league. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, uh, I mean, you probably, 
I'm guessing you got there as an assistant about the time Oscar Robinson left. Oscar Robinson left Cincinnati. Your paths yeah, didn't cross, no. but it was yeah, had yeah. to be pretty close. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of the all-time greats, of course. But anyway, you know, they talk about a triple double. Oscar Robertson averaged a triple double. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. crazy. This is the kind of talent we had in the Missouri Valley Conference. Some promoter back in the day, he had the ACC, Big Ten, Southeast Conference, and the Missouri Valley Conference All Stars. Put on this these games. The winners got two thousand got two thousand dollars. It only lasted two years. You know why? The Missouri Valley All-Stars dominated. <laughs> yeah. I believe that. I, I'm telling you, I remember. Yeah. And, Coach, I was – I mean, I was born in 65, but I remember those great teams. I mean, uh, you know, one of my favorite guys is uh, – and, and Coach was – he was in the forefront of, of – uh, you know, he's got some Billy Tubbs. And before Billy Tubbs, you know, he liked to put on a show, you know, yeah. score points. and But he had this little guard – uh, Tim Carson. Tim Carson. And Kurt, they would go. I, I remember that. I mean, I may have been seven years old. We go to the games, and Tim Carson. They they had like two line layups, and and coach, you may be able to explain this better. But Tim Carson bit the free throw line, and one guy throwing the ball, and then they both cut, and then Tim Carson would do tricks with it and throw him the. I mean, <laughs> hey, it was entertain. It was it was a globe like trotters. That. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he spin around, kick it off. His, I mean, it was. I was just mesmerized yeah. as a young kid. I mean, and probably nobody else. I don't know where you came up with that, but I've never seen anybody else do it. Niagara, what's the little guard's name at Niagara? That, oh, Calvin Murphy. Calvin yeah. Murphy. That's okay. where I saw it. And after Tim, I want to continue it. Well, Mark Tucker comes on. Oh, okay, yeah. Mark oh, was yeah. better than Tim at it, but yeah. it, it embarrassed him. Yeah. So he he would do it, but he just just hand the ball off. Yeah, I'm telling you, Tim Carson put on a show. Talking about Mark Tucker, which I got to know him a little bit when I got to Paul, but he came around a little bit. But I remember when he graduated high school in '74, so I was nine. We, my dad takes me to Sepulpa, and you know what you know what he does before he goes in the in the in the in the in the locker room, Sepulpa. I mean, they're in this small gym, Kurt, which is an old gym in the high school, packed. I mean, they've got a great team. He's a great, great player. Last thing he does before he goes in the locker room every game, all right, spins it on his finger in front of all these fans, throws it up in the air, bounces in with his head, gets it, and they run the locker room. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. Right? I mean, I, I, Correct. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Every game. Incredible Mark player. was like my son. I used to go to basketball camps where he was, and yeah. he would follow me around like a puppy dog, and we got real close. And uh, T.U. was tough academically. I mean, you just, not everybody can get in at the University yeah. of Tulsa. I say 50% of the available athletes were not available to us because of the AC, an SAT. Yeah. Well, Mark was a sharp guy, but he, he was not a great tester. So he had borderline deals. And I couldn't get him in school. He's signing the next morning with OSU. I go over there the night before and do my thing and state my case. Okay, Coach, I'm coming. And you know, and he did. Of course, it was hard for him. Uh, 
Guy Strong was a coach at yeah. LSU, and he had to tell him he was going to TU. And uh, Mark and Daryl Johnson, when I left TU and went to New Mexico State, Daryl Johnson and Mark were going to go with me. The Missouri Valley Conference at that time had, if you transferred from one conference to, to another, you had to sit out two years. Oh, right. wow. So they didn't, which is the right thing to do. Right. You know, I, uh, I, I would not have wanted to from the abandoned TU. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so he ended up going to OSU, right? He wound up going to OSU. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Finished his career and, there. And uh, Daryl wound up at SNU. Southern yeah. Nazarene had a great Great final senior year. Yeah, both both turned turned into excellent yeah. excellent coaches. For Mark sure. was a fourth round draft choice with Chicago. Yeah, yeah, he was a great player. I, I remember he went to Tulsa yeah. and Oklahoma State, and I remember watching him at Sepulpa. Yeah, and, and uh, he later coached at Sepulpa. Yeah, for for a few years. Yeah. What uh, I, I tell you what I read an interesting. Uh, story today. I knew a lot of this stuff, but I, I Googled some stuff and was reading some articles and, and uh, uh, Jimmy Trammell several years ago did a great article on you for the Tulsa World. And, and I was reading through there and he brought up, you know, your ORU days. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, what a horrible decision that ORU made. Anyway, the interesting thing about it was because I because I was there, you know, I was there. Matter of fact, coach, I, I probably never told you this. If you'd have been at ORU when I graduated high school, I may have gone to ORU. Yeah. And if you'd have been at ORU when I left OU, I'd have gone to ORU. I mean, I was going to when I left, I was going to go wherever you were. But anyway, uh, but you couldn't get away from me. Oh. What trying to say. <laughs> but but anyway, the interesting part that I'd never heard. And, and if you had told me this, I don't I don't remember, but that several years later, that Oral Roberts himself called you and ten, said, hey. Ten years later. Yeah, hey, that was a big mistake. He asked me three times to forgive him. And the mm-hmm. first time he asked, I blew it off. The second time he asked, I blew it off. The third time he asked, I said, Oral, man, you know I love you. And I did. I love yeah. Oral Roberts. Great man. Yeah. I, anyway... I said, I'll forgive you 10 times over 10 times. He said, Coach, you don't know what that means to me. He said, the Holy Spirit has not honored this ministry from that day to this. I said, hold it. I don't want nothing to do with that. (laughs) But Lord Oral Roberts was a great human being. I loved him. He loved basketball. The thing there was uh, Oral was building the city of faith, and he was Scattered out, you know, you're seeing 900 foot Jesuses and had to raise $9 million this week before the school would close. And right. It was a mess. Anyway, he had delegated some authority to a couple of guys who did not have the ORU vision, believe me. Yeah. In a meeting, uh, they, they talked to all the coaches, and after the meeting, I said, Look, I, I want to talk to you guys. What, what do you want? There was about five minutes of silence, and they looked at me and says, we want to be in a Final Four, and we don't care how you do it, but you, you better get us there. I says, if I can do it, I can do it. You know, meaning buy and sell players, violate all the things that ORU stood for. And, uh, right. You know, a little farm boy from Braggs, Oklahoma, didn't fit the menu. Funny thing, they fired me 
And two months later, Oral gets back to town, and he fired both of them. <laughs> Uh, it's um, unbelievable, uh, yeah. but you know you had some you had some great players at ORU. I remember I remember those days and Cat Johnson and Steve Bontrag, Calvin Garrett. Oh my goodness, yeah, the Acres yeah. brothers, Acres brothers, yeah. Mark Acres had yeah. played yeah. in the NBA for a long time, and that's so that was. Right when I started watching basketball and being involved, TU had a great. That's when Nolan Richardson, Nolan came yeah. to town, yeah, and yeah. brought all those junior college play, great players with him. And Did you ever have a polka dot shirt wearing contest a, with him? Never had a polka dot shirt. <laughs> yeah. Rolling with Nolan, great coach. So, the greatest oil capital classic that I can remember. Were you there? Were you there for that when they had Houston and North Carolina? No, they, they had. Uh, North Carolina and Tulsa. Right. Had Steve Hale. Yep. With Dean Smith. This is one of the things. If he recruited a player, he would schedule Reach a game in that hotel. That's how we got him to Oil Capital Cassidy. So we're playing. We're playing. I don't even know who was playing. Houston. But anyway. Anyway, we. Uh, I don't think we should. I don't, oh, I, don't, I don't think we should. Okay. It might have been Tulane. Okay. Uh, anyway, the. Thing it is, we're going to play North Carolina in the finals. That's where you set up those oil capital classic. You know, you you get the weakest team. Right. Yeah. You're you're rigging it to I get. That's another funny story I'll tell you. In a minute. So we're going to play at North Carolina in the finals. Tulsa upset Michael Jordan. Yeah. And North yeah. Carolina. Now we win our game, and so we're going to we're playing to you in the finals. We're down one or two points. My guy shoots the ball. The Big Ten guy, 6'10 guy from Tulsa, goes up and gets the ball in the air. Bruce Fanley. No call. <laughs> Bruce Fanley. Yeah. He goes up and gets the ball there. No whistle. I'm about six feet there. I said, what? what, what? No whistle. Not nothing. Anyway, they did beat it. And that's, that's the night I got fired. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> that, that's right. Oral Roberts University was a job that I was enduring, not enjoying, because of, of what things well, I'm telling you about. Yeah. You know, they, they were not interested in the ministries and uh, what it stood for. You know, they, they wanted to win at all costs, and, uh, you know, I just didn't fit the, fit the mold. <laughs> you know, I went to, and Kurt, you've heard some of the story, because the other night we had uh, Tom Hankins on. Yeah, and we were telling some Coach Hayes stories, but I, I brought up that I met Tom at ORU basketball camp, and and back in the day, it's complete. You know, summer basketball is completely different than there is now. There was no AAU and all the great players. Correct. Any great player in a all over the country. I mean, there's a great player named Glover. I remember him at ORU basketball camp from Washington, D.C. And, of course, all the great Oklahoma high school players, they all went to right. ORU camp, 300, 400 kids. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and uh, Coach Hayes would, would put on a show, and he was uh, <laughs> one, of, one of your mentors, John Wooden, had his players wear his socks inside out. So I remember that's one of the first things you did at camp. You showed everybody how to wear your socks inside out. Absolutely. You do blisters. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. why would you put the hard side on your feet, yeah. put the soft side on your feet? Yeah. Now, now tell me the story, because I know you talked a lot about John Wooden when we were, when we were, uh, when I worked for you. And 
and uh, obviously a great, great coach. But what, the story I remember you telling, you go out there and play, I assume you're at Tulsa, but, you know, one of his, you know, and you knew all his stuff, you know, what, yeah. what he believed in. Yeah. And one of the things he believed in was, hey, we're not going to worry about the opponent. We're just going to worry about us. And you get to the hotel that night, and you turn on the John Wooden show, and what's he doing? It's a great story. <laughs> he said, and we, we don't scout our opponents. Yeah. We're not interested in what they do. We're interested in what we do. That's the thing. That was his philosophy. So I get back to the hotel, turn on the, here's the John Wooden show. <laughs> He's diagramming our <laughs> offense better than we could run it. <laughs> Needless to stay, uh, they had it down. We it was uh, we played them at Tulsa, and uh, when I was at New Mexico State, we played them, and it was uh, they this had such great talent. But we were competitive. But one of the great stories, you know, back in the hair deal, he had the deal. You if your hair was touchy collar, you know, you got a haircut. Right. Well, he had this big 6'10 center named Patterson. Patterson goes in his office and uh, he says, Coach, he says, I think I'm entitled to wear my hair the way I want to. He said, I think it's my rights. He said, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but he says, I'm the head basketball coach here and I have my rights and I'm entitled to my rights. If you don't cut your hair, you ain't playing. He cut his hair. Wouldn't. Sent him out the first 10 minutes of our game. Turned him loose on us. I mean, he was a wild man. I mean, <laughs> he just killed us, you know. Unbelievable. You know, a funny thing about that, Rudin, Wooden came to Tulsa to speak to a Fellowship of Christian Athletes deal one time. It was in the late 80s, early 90s? Yeah. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're out in the hallway. They want to get a picture of me, Bill Self, and John Wooden. So the cameraman was having a little trouble with the camera. So I, I was t talking to Coach Wooten. I said, uh, Coach, I think I, you ought to send me a UCLA jacket. I said, we were as much responsible for your success as anybody. <laughs> he kind of chuckled. And then I reminded him of the Patterson story. <laughs> he thought that was funny. Pretty good. Yeah. Now, we haven't talked about New Mexico State. So, And, and you've told me this story. So... Lou Henson, legendary coach, yeah. Oklahoma, okay, yeah. Oklahoma. You follow. He leaves New Mexico State. I guess he goes to Illinois. Illinois, then. yeah. And you got the job at New Mexico State, yeah. and you had some great teams. Yeah. And let he had one of the greatest, one of his best players in New Mexico State. I'll never. I've heard you tell many stories about him. His his name was Slab Jones. Albert. <laughs> Slab Jones. Nobody knew his name was Albert. Yeah, I, slab, I never heard slab, you call him Slab. <laughs> yeah, Slab Slab Jones. But you, and and back then, so you tussled with Larry Bird a couple times, didn't you? New Mexico State was was he? Well, let's put it this way: we played them seven times, yeah, and three of those seven were overtimes. Wow. Let's put it this way: in my gut, gut right now, I've got this like Paul the Apostle. Thorn in the side. Yeah. I still have that thorn in the side. We're playing the number one team in the nation, Indiana State. We're up two with 27 seconds to go. They foul us one and one. We miss it. With 10 seconds to go, they shoot and miss. They foul us. We miss a one and one. With three seconds to go, they foul us. Great coach. 
coaching move and just get up on them. I was afraid of a fouling and the long pass. I had my guys to drop back. Three seconds to go, what can you do? My guy misses the free throw. Bob Heaton shoots one from 65 feet off the backboard, goes in, game's tied, another overtime. They beat us. Wow. Larry Bird, without reservations, I won't say he's the greatest player of all time. I will tell you he was the greatest college player I ever saw. He would score 40 points if necessary or four points. He had no interest in what he scored. This win, that's all he cared about. So he wasn't like Conley. Conley just scored by what he scored, right? Why would you say that? This is a family show. Well, Don't I, get I, me I, mad. Understand, I understand it's a family show. we gotta, we got to get some of that in here now. I mean, Coach Hayes said that you had – got to go check the NSU record uh, books, but you said he had two assists in one season. And I said that was two more than I thought he would have had. Until January 31st, new Bravana wireless customers are eligible for 50% off the iPhone 11 with a new monthly plan. And on top of that, your second and third months of service are on us. It doesn't get much better than that. Visit bravadowireless.com for store locations. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Whether your roads are dirt, paved, or if you're blazing new trails, the roads we travel lead to all of our most cherished places and people. Bravado Wireless strives to keep you connected wherever the roads may take you. We are the leader in wireless mobility and connection in Oklahoma and across the nation. We carry some of the market's top cell phone brands, fast, reliable home internet, and even greater customer service. Locally owned and operated right here in eastern Oklahoma. So whatever roads you travel, Bravado Wireless has them covered. We are Bravado Wireless, and we believe in the power of connection. Johnny was a great shooter, a great player, not just a shooter, he's a great player, but he was also a great assistant coach. But. This is a story that tell you about his competitive nature. We'd be down five or six points with five seconds to go. He'd call timeout. I said, Conley, I just don't have any five-point plays with five seconds to go. Ah, coach, ah. Meaning he never gave up. Yeah, he was competitive to the bitter end. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the NSU days. We, I played with. A lot of great dudes. When I went down there and 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 was your assistant, coached a lot of great dudes, and we get together. I, t- I know I, I talk to Mike Parrish all the time. We we love talking <laughs> about you and all the good times. But Kurt, one of the neatest things Coach Hayes did. Okay, he would. After a game, we'd come back the next day at practice, okay? And I, we didn't do it every game, but certainly after we would win, and he would get us together, and he would ask if anybody wanted to do a skit, okay? So <laughs> what it was, I mean, this is the greatest stuff. You talk about team building. I mean, you can't find this in a book anywhere. Okay, it's genius. So he would let, like, it, you know, if, if, if Parrish was shooting the ball too much, all right, maybe a couple of his teammates wanted to go out and make fun of Parrish. They call him yeah. the Billy Goat, Billy yeah. Goat, trying to get it off. <laughs> but I'm telling you, so I'm assistant coach there, and uh, my first year I was there, I mean, had a really good team. Had a kid named Michael Wilson, great player from the Bahamas. and and. Uh, you know, just had a really, really good team. 
Well, uh, Tim Stewart, yeah. long-time coach, and now he's at Salem Springs, was a really good player at Northeastern. Super, super dude. Okay, Coach Hayes pulled him out, okay, out of the game. And, and uh, so he's over on the bench, and he's pouted up, right? So we come back. Practice the now next tell day. Tell it like it is. He walked by me and said, "You're stupid." Oh, I don't remember that. I don't, I, don't remember, I don't remember that. But but so the next day at practice, Coach Hayes, hey, anybody have a skit? I I've got I've got one. See if you can recognize this player. So Coach Hayes stomps out of the of the circle there, goes over and sits on the bench, crosses his legs, and pulls out a binky out of his mouth and sucking on. <laughs> That's and that was Stu pouted up on the bench. I will never. And there's and there's all kinds of. I mean, so just knew how to make it fun. I mean, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say, you know, you think about your coaching tree. You know, as a legacy, as a human being, and as yeah. as uh, as a coach, and influenced so many people's lives. It's amazing to me. My high school coach played for you at Baycomb. Uh, you know, Cleveland is kind of a hotbed for coaches yeah. where we, where we grew up and knew each other from high school. But you, how much you ever figure up how many coaches that you coached? You know, one time uh, I didn't this. Well, I think it was Michael Parrish, man. Thirty six former players were coaching in Oklahoma. Yeah, at one time. At one time. Yeah, amazing. And those guys all gotten old and moved on to bigger and better well, things. One of them's doing a podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Growing his facial hair. I and mean, he still ought to be coaching. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, uh, I just found out, uh, matter of fact, guy from Cleveland, really good coach, uh, was at Whitesboro. We played him in the tournament champions, Billy Carr. He left Whitesboro and took another job. But the new coach at Whitesboro, I think this is his first or second year, Shane the Dog Putnam. Don't tell me that. Yep. yep. I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to him, but, you know, he was down in Texas at Waxahachie many years ago, assistant coach, and then moved yeah, around, yeah. got out of coaching. But he's a, he's a Whitesboro, so that's probably one that, that not many not many people know. <laughs> Kurt, I got to tell you, there's all kinds of great Northeastern State. I got to tell you two stories I was thinking about driving down here, okay? Coach Hayes, he talked about recruiting, okay? He knows you've got to have players, okay? I'm just, I'm just a young dude. High school yeah. basketball thinks he knows what's going on, right? Yeah. So it's my first year we were good. Second year uh, we weren't as good, so we had to get some players. Okay. So and and at that time, you know, in the NAIA, I mean, you weren't going to win with high school players. We recruited the junior yeah. college, and yeah. there's a bunch of them around here. Right. So down at Carl Albert, they always had great players. So Coach Hayes tells me in the office one day on Friday says. He says, don't play anything tomorrow. We're going recruiting. I'm like, okay. He goes, meet me here at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning. Where are we going? We're going to Carl Albert, Poto, Oklahoma. Okay. So, <laughs> and he goes, grab a letter of intent on your way out of the office. <laughs> so, there's a kid at Carl Albert, played for, I think, he, I guess he played for Murphy. Yeah. And uh, named Jermont Wade. He's from Memphis. Really good, really good player, right? Not not going. To, I don't know what the situation. We didn't have the grades. wasn't going to graduate junior college. Whatever it is, so we could sign him at Northeastern. So we go down to Poto. We're looking all over the campus. We find him in the dorm. All right, Coach Hayes 
gets him to sign this national letter of intent, and we drive back to Telequah. <laughs> and hey, he, come, he now he's done. He can't do anything yeah, else. Yeah. Murphy was so mad, <laughs> <laughs> but he was a great player for you. you remember Jermont? Henry Felix. Henry the Cat. Yeah. yeah. Got them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Murphy never forgave him for that. Yeah, uh, it was some. It was some great. I told him I said, "Look, he. What am I going to do? He wants to sign. What am I going to do?" He said, "No, you can't sign. I already did that with Billis, you know. Yeah. I, I learned a lesson there. So uh, yeah. second time around, you know, you're a little smarter. Yeah. And what, what was your favorite? One, give me one or two of your favorite recruiting stories. Oh, the, the, the forever. I, there's, there's too many. Let's just go with one or two. <laughs> <laughs> the Bingo Smith was the most in, in, intense yeah. one, and uh, oh, Willie Biles, goodness alive, you just there's just no end to uh, recruiting stories. It was a different time back then because you could be out all the time. Yeah, yeah. You could camp out, yeah. signing day, and you can't believe what all went on back in the day. Like I say, we bring Bingo to Tulsa. A week later, I see him. They kidnapped him. I don't know where he was. But they they used to do that. They, yeah. they get a player and hide I, him out. <laughs> I remember one of the great Billy Tubbs recruiting stories. He had Larry Johnson, son, yeah. kid from San Jacinto oh, Junior yeah. College. Yeah. And he had him committed, and he was going to drive down and, and get him. This was after he'd had a Final Four run, and he still had some number one ranked teams in the country, really, really good. And he pulls down that morning in Dallas to sign him and Jerry Tarkanian sitting on the porch smoking a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Said, you're a little late, Billy. <laughs> Coach, I remember that NIT game at the Maybe Center when you guys played Coach Tubbs. That was a heck of a game, 82 oh, or something. man. A bunch of good players out 20, there. We're up 20 in games. With... The referee played for Billy Tubbs at Lon Morris <laughs> Junior College. Well, I'll never forget. I don't know how he got up 20 then. <laughs> you know David Little? Oh, yeah. Notorious, yeah. notorious yeah. crook. Yeah. That's all the way you can put it. <laughs> Mark Akers, early in the second quarter, second half, has put this fourth foul on. I'm trying to get him out of the game. The ball's over here. Mark's over here running down the court. Little does his famous flop job in front of Mark Akers, fifth foul. He's out of the game. Uh, we get beat. I don't remember that. I just remember it's a great game. And I remember there was 10,000 people in there. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Card, I'll tell you another good story that I, I was thinking about today. And So, you know, one of the things that was really, you know, I liked about Coach Hayes is, you know, he wanted me to – to learn and to get better at coaching. You know, you do the practice schedule, you know, you go recruit, you tell me what you think. Gave me a lot of freedom. Yeah. Really, really allowed me to to <clears throat> to become a better coach. And so there was a there was a player at Bay Cone, matter of fact, he went to Telequah High School, Jason Christie. And I went and watched him play and Carl Scott was a the coach there and I, I I loved his game, you know, and, and I kept Bugging Coach Hayes, Coach, what do you think about? What do you think about Jason? Ah, yeah, yeah. So finally, bugged him so much. He said, "Hey, if you want him, offer him. And uh, if you think he's good enough or whatever." So I go out on a limb and and we we get him. And and at one time, he may still. I mean, at one time, I think he may, he held the record most threes in the game, eleven or thirteen or something. Still has it. Yeah, thirteen threes in a, in a game at Northeastern. 
And so he's he's a great player for us, thank goodness. But but uh, I can't remember what happened anyway. Coach Hayes calls me, says, "Hey, we're, we're, we got to meet with Jason. I don't know if he's got a bad grade or what he did." And so, and and this is another thing I learned from Coach. There's not a better guy in a meeting in the world than Ken Hayes. I'm telling you, if you did something wrong and you go in a meeting with Coach Hayes, I mean, it's unbelievable. He makes you think you're. The, I mean, I just because I was in those meetings. Yeah. I mean, I, I was. I had to have yeah. some meetings yeah. with him. I mean, it's just unbelievable yeah. talking to players. So he's talking to Jason, okay, and he's going down the deal, and and uh, so Coach, he's like, Jason, what you know? I mean, you're doing this. I mean, what you know? What are your plans? What are you going to do with your life? And Jason says, Coach, I'm going to be a professional fisherman. And Coach Hayes goes, Jason, you can't make any money being a professional fisherman. Just more motion lines. Oh, get some coins in your pocket. And he's one of the best bass fisherman in the country. Yeah, yeah, he's made millions of dollars fishing. He says, Coach, I made five thousand last week. I said, You what? Fishing? Had to miss his. He had to miss a road game in the NAIA because his bass fishing tournament. He's on still Gibson. fish. I follow him on Twitter. I mean, I. Oh, I he's got a daughter. He's uh, rebounding for. So I don't yeah. know how old she is, but uh, yeah. I see him on Instagram. And yeah. You talk about you wanted a recruiting story. Okay, Mark Akers. We're gonna. Mark is in the Mac. Well, then they only McDonald's All American. Yeah, McDonald's All American. So, you know, he's uh, playing in Washington D.C. You know, all the players. Except uh, the big seven-footer went to Georgetown. Uh, Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing. Yeah. All these players get in a bus. There's four NCAA investigators there making sure nobody cheated. <laughs> they go on a bus. Here's a limousine. John Thompson and Patrick Ewing getting a limousine. They go to the game. <laughs> now they're expanding this game a little bit. They had one in Wichita, Kansas. I go to Wichita. And, uh, you know, there's some great players there, but a skinny six-foot-three black guy that, you know, I never heard of him. Some guy named Michael Jordan. He just tore him up. Okay, another recruiting story. This old uh, black coach in North Carolina, good guy, big ORU fan. He's not coach. North Carolina is not going to sign Michael Jordan. You come down here, his folks are very religious, and uh, they, they follow Will Roberts, and you can get him. I'm on, I, I get on the plane. I On the way to Wilmington, I go by and see this black coach. You know, he, it's in the summertime, and there's about that much dust on the floor, and red, the magic rail about drowns you out. And breaking news. Michael Jordan has just signed with North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Get in my car and go back to the airport and go home. <laughs> uh, man, and it was... Every, every recruiting story is, is different. You know, right. Different deals, yeah. yeah. I mean, you That were, shows the legitimacy, though, of ORU and you yeah. as a coach to have those opportunities to... Yeah. Oh, in, in, on, in on every... In, in, any player he wanted to be in on, they, they were yeah. in on. I mean, because facilities were second to none. Yeah, yeah. Great coaching, yeah, yeah. you know. I well, mean, and you played an up, up-tempo, fast-paced type well, of game. Yeah. We did that because we didn't want to play defense. <laughs> <laughs> works works well if you can outscore them. I, you know they always say, "How many games have been run by some guy running there with a sticker finger in your nose?" You know, <laughs> yeah, defending. 
<laughs> well, you know, that was our goal at Booker T was to just – we knew if we could get to 80 – we're going to win. Yeah, we 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 liked our chances, and every ball game we would look at it like we would tell our kids: do they want us to play in the fifties, or do we want us to play in the seventies, eighties? And that was a big thing. But you were a yeah. big up tempo guy, right? Well, yeah, uh, I was a Abe Lemons disciple, but that's misunderstood. We played good defense. We worked at it. We tried. Sometimes we're physically not able to do anything. But anyway. The point is, points have nothing to do with defense. Right. Till my dying day, I'll point that out. You know, if you call a team to 40, 50 points, that has nothing to do with whether you play good defense or not. How many shots did you take? Right. You know, what is your OER and DER? You know, right. that's, that, that's, that determines whether you're playing defense or not. And there's all kinds of uh, things, stats that you keep. For instance, OER, Offensive Efficiency Rating. If you have 1.1, oh, you're going to win a game. Right. Your object was DER, defensive efficiency rating, and less than 0.9 if right. you held the team to less than 0.9. And what you're talking about on the OER, DER is points per possession. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. That's basic. That, that, that determines whether you're playing defense or not. And right. we played an up, up-tempo offense. Obviously, the opposing team is going to have more opportunities to score, right. and they're going to score higher. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not a reflection that we didn't play defense, and yeah. I'll defend that to my dying You know, it's interesting, OER, DER. You know, Coach Hayes was doing that many, many, many years ago. And it's just analytics. I mean, it's not like analytics is new, right? right. I mean, that's a that's a form of right. analytics. Coach, let me ask you this. So, so you've seen basketball for a few years. What I mean, how – has it changed? You know, just a couple of thoughts on just how it's changed in the last 40 years or the yeah. last 10 years. Oh, it's so much better, Conley. Players are better. Coaches are better. You know, it's, it's just amazing how the game has, has progressed. And, uh, you know, social media, <laughs> you know, it's just amazing that now you have all the information. Yeah. Uh, the speed of information... <laughs> We used to spend thousand or two thousand dollars just to go scout a team. Well, later in the years, it called Bertka Views. Bill right. Bertka out of L.A. Mm-hmm. He scouted, and for fifty bucks, you could get right. a, yeah. a scouting report. Yeah. And uh, then it's evolved from there. And uh, like I say, the game has. Uh, uh, Players are just better. Coaches uh, have more access to uh, techniques and uh, nutrition and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, it, Well, I'll tell you a great thing that has helped him in his blood pressure this year is over, uh, at OU, where Trey's at, they video the, the kids. They video every practice, and as yeah. soon as they're done with practice, yeah. You can go upload it. Could you imagine Big Conley at your practice? He, he wouldn't have to come down and then his shoes to watch, uh, see how you're running him through practice. He could have just stayed at home. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's, it's changed, and uh, uh, I, it's better. Just plain and simple. Yeah, yeah I think just evolution of, all, of most things, it gets, yeah. it gets better. But I know, you know, I, I started co- my college career – and in the middle of my college career, you know, they put in the three-point line yeah, in right. college. So, so the two years I played at Northeastern, 
I had the three-point line when I was at OU. I, I didn't except for a semester, but... You know, I remember. I mean, it's so much different. I mean, Coach, we we never even talked about. If you're behind it, you're behind it. If you weren't, you weren't. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't yeah, it yeah. wasn't any uh, strategy to yeah, it. Yeah. And now, you know, I mean, the whole game's based on yeah. spacing out behind the three point line and getting yeah. guys that can make it. And yeah, it's, it's just, you know, the NBA was dominated 70s, 80s, 90s by yeah. big posts. Yeah. You don't see a big post in the. They they said Stephen Adams. He's the biggest one of the biggest posts in the league, and he's averaging getting paid twenty seven million dollars a year, and he's averaging eight point five points, seven point nine rebounds, and and uh, that's, that's he's getting twenty seven million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Un- unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, How's the golf game? Terrible, but terrible. man, I have fun. Well, we'll, we need to... (laughs) Coach, I'm embarrassed that we hadn't played in a long time. Let me tell you great Coach A's golf stories. We used to go play a little bit when I worked for him. Cherry Creek. And, uh, well, we play all over. But but, uh, one time we're we're playing, and... uh, and coach is really good, and I was just starting out. You know, I didn't swing a club till I was 21, and I'm not very good now. You can imagine back then when I was a young coach at Northeastern, we go play, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd lose a ball, and, you know, we'd get to the end of the – finish the hole, I'd finally put it in there. And uh, I'm counting up my score, and I was like, okay, I knocked one out of bounds, so three back in. And coach stopped me one time. He said – don't count that. Said so losing the ball is penalty enough. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to help you out. Oh, Make you a fan mean, of the game. Uh, I'll tell you if you can find it, hit it. <laughs> yeah. No matter where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. I've subscribed to that rule one time or two. Don't count that as a stroke. It's penalty enough that you lost it. How much do you uh, get out and get to watch sports? Oh, uh, uh, you've been to a couple of our games at Muskogee. And you the, know, I'm telling you. The pandemic has really altered my. I've seen two or three games this year, totally. And before the pandemic, I would see two to three games every week: high school, junior college, uh, Northeastern. Try to go to Tulsa once or once a year at least. Yeah. And, uh, or you maybe once. The Tulsa thing is parking. Right. You know, they, they, that's tough. Great arena, it's hard to park. They're they're just absolutely. I don't know how they can address that, but parking kills doesn't kill their athletics, but it really hurts their athletics. Well, they got to go up. I was down at uh, Jerry Jones's complex yeah. they call it the star down there in yeah. Dallas. A phenomenal facility. Yeah. And this is a great Jerry Jones story. And. Uh, he would he you know he's he's like the farmer that just he goes I don't want all the land in the world I just want the land next to me, mm-hmm. and uh, so they had some acreage to the north and the east of, west of their facility, and he was trying to buy it from Ross Perot Jr., and Ross Perot Jr. said no I'm going to build apartments built a five story apartment complex on the north side of their practice fields, so that they could. And they, they were marketing that they could look over into the practice fields and watch the Cowboys practice. It was on their flyers. It was on their website. Jerry gets mad and says, well, if you're not going to sell me the land, you're not going to see the practice field. He built a 15-story building on the what was their parking lot <laughs> straight up in front of the apartment complex, and the first eight stories are, are a parking garage. 
and he put Dr. Pepper in there as their world headquarters. But he's like, if you won't go and sell me my land, <laughs> you're not going to watch my practice field. Uh, oh, that's, boy. that's good stuff. Did you go to the uh, Legends game last night at Tulsa? Was I did it? not. I did not. I did not. Yeah. Well, I didn't know. Since you're a Hall of Famer, I didn't yeah. know if you made it back down, <laughs> back there. And, uh, I, you know, the, the reason I don't go is parking. Yeah, I would hard. go to more games, but now Tulsa, I used to get there early and park on the curb. Well, now they've stopped. You can't park on the curb anymore. Yeah. Now I was a member of the Golden Hurricane Club for ever and ever and ever. Guess where my parking place was? About a half mile over here and behind one of those. Where they had yeah, 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 yeah. Well, talking about seeing games, you know, Coach, <clears throat> and I talked to a lot of your old players and, and, and my teammates, you know, and that's one thing that we always appreciate is, is uh, you know, we knew when we were playing in the area you were going to be there. You know, you came to when, – when I was at Sapulpa when we played in Muskogee, yeah. you were there. Booker T, you were there. You know, yeah. Tom said the other night, you know, when UCO played at Northeast, you come yeah. and John Coons and Parrish, and yeah. we appreciate that. You know that. what he's saying, don't you? I would go to their games, and the first thing they would do was come up to me and say, Coach, please take that curse off of me. <laughs> What the curse, curse was? No. When they were playing for me, I said, "Look, I hope someday you're a coach and all your players are just like you." <laughs> <laughs> that was a curse. Uh, coach, you remember? <clears throat> I don't know. It may have been probably the third year I was at Northeastern. You remember this game? We drove to Durant in a snowstorm, and Roy Pender hits a half-court shot at the buzzer off the glass. To win that, you remember that? Oh, how could I ever forget? <laughs> I mean, I thought you almost break danced that night. That was the closest <laughs> I ever. Seeing you break dance. I ran out on the court. You know, how many times you gonna win at Durant, Oklahoma? Not very uh, many. Okay, no. so we Roy hits the buzzer beater and we win the ball game, and I'm out on the court and. Uh, I wrote a letter to the coach apologizing for, uh, you know, and he called me on the phone and said, man, don't ever apologize for a win like that. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> crazy. You know, his son's a good player. The youngest son, I guess, Tyler, is a senior at Broken Arrow. He's Tulsa World Player of the Week this yeah, week. Yeah, Roy's son. Yeah. It, Roy, did you know that? No. Yeah, yeah. good player at Broken Arrow. Yeah. yeah. Well, for crying out, is yeah. he still doing education stuff. Yeah, he does some online stuff and does some AAU yeah. stuff. And Yeah, his son's a good player. Kurt, I'll tell you a good story since this involves my dad. I'll tell you this. So, <clears throat> My first child, Mackenzie, was getting ready to be born. Okay? And uh, we, Northeastern, we've got a huge game at Weatherford. Okay? Southwestern. And coaches like, you know, you you you've got to you've got to be there. Birth of your first child, and I'm like, you know, thanks, coach. Cause, you know, he's a family guy, understands. Yeah. And and um, but the thing, funny thing about it was, so they go to <laughs> out to Weatherford to play. Well, my dad's at the hospital. Okay, things are moving slow, so my dad's getting antsy. So my dad leaves. <laughs> my dad leaves the hospital, drives to Weatherford to watch the game. <laughs> All right, and he and he and he makes it back 
by the by the time Mackenzie's born. But I remember that Nikes was a huge game, and uh, went out there and beat them. And then we got in the playoffs. You remember this by a coin flip? Flipped a coin. Yeah. Flipped a coin. <laughs> tie. It was a tie in the standings. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to, that's, that's yeah. the big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. We've got Coach Hayes. We lost the television rights. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple of great uh, Ken Hayes quotes talking about Alva. He, he did like going out to Northwestern oh, Alva, and somebody asked him, Where's Alva? He said, You go till you smell it, you keep going till you step in it. <laughs> It's Ten miles from the moon. Yeah, we got we got beat there one night. Played awful. He comes in the locker room and you know talks to us a little bit. And he said, "Well, you know, he kind of you know does his deal." He said, "Well, here's the good news: we get to go home, and they have to stay here." <laughs> you really don't like Alvin. You're not in the chamber of like commerce Alvin. out there now. I don't like Alvin. Uh-huh. We didn't win very much out yeah, there. You know how that you know, is. What's a long bus ride? <laughs> you realize that 14, I was in Northeast 14 times, and five times we were knocked out of the conference championship at Alva, Oklahoma. Oh, wow. You, you couldn't win that. That's Bob Batista. Oh, you know, yeah. He had, all, oh, yeah. he had all the referees in his hip pocket. My, it was just unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Now, I'll tell you what. I, I looked up some articles today. Matter of fact, Kurt sent me one, and it was at a Oklahoma basketball reunion several years ago, and you were talking with an official. Coach, I can't believe that. I know you're a great guy. I wouldn't have said anything to that guy. And I'm not going, I'm not going to mention his name, but he was an OIC official, and you were talking to him. It looked like you guys were having a good conversation. I would never. Yeah. <laughs> say anything to that guy or a couple of those other OIC officials we used to have. Yeah, yeah. I... Talked about all the, you know, success stories you coached. Sean McDaniel was on that team. You know, superintendent, superintendent of Oklahoma City Public Schools. You think he's not yeah. stressed out a little yeah. bit with the COVID yeah. and the public schools? And yeah. But uh, you think Ben Perry wasn't a player? Ooh, oh, yeah. he was a player. Ben. Come down there from ORU, left-handed. Lester Gill and Ben Perry, yeah. Kent Sparks, yeah. Hardaway, yeah, um, Grosvenor, yeah, Andy. Yeah. Then of course you have my man, uh, 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 little little used, but. Uh, uh, my man Danny Lyons on the squad. Love Danny. <laughs> Danny's my Boy, guy. Dude, yeah, a great, great guy. guy. Yeah. Great coach. Still coaching. Yeah. I mean, the guy's probably won three, four hundred games. Yeah, Barry Hill. I was glad he mm-hmm. got back in. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you told me about Putnam. Yeah. He's at White. Whitesboro. Yeah. 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 You should be able to get get a hold of him. I'll never but. forget. I put him in the game. In 20 seconds, he had two turnovers. Well, I get him out of the game. He walked by me and he said, Just get the game, you expect me to handle a rock. <laughs> Boy, I jumped up and I went down there. I just stopped short of hitting him. Uh, <laughs> expect me to handle a rock. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter when you get in. Yeah. Uh, but that's the great thing about it, you know. Yeah. That's 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 the thing about it, you, you know. I think every high school kid, college kid, you know, they they uh, yeah. they think their coach is wrong until they start coaching, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And then and then yeah. they figure it out. Yeah. yeah. 
But well, well, most most selfish people in the world are coaches. You know, it's their job. They want to win, so they're not going to play favorites. Right. Because they, they want to no win. doubt. And I've had to have that conversation yeah. with the with a few parents in my yeah. in my day. You know, we're we're going to play. I got another, I got a, another story. I go to an ORU state high school baseball playoffs. Cleveland's playing, so I got to go see my buddy Conley. He's got a brace. He's wearing a brace, playing first base. Mm-hmm. The third base coach has got a cigar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, he was my first base coach. <laughs> And he would tell me to get off, take a step, take a step, and then he's like, "Look at me while I'm talking." I look, and he, the first baseman's holding the ball. We <laughs> <laughs> <And> go back. <laughs> oh, he, oh, he was a lot of fun as a baseball coach. I can only imagine. Uh, yeah, uh, a lot of great times. I was at Oral Robertson. That yeah, part. Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got beat three to two. Jay Eddings, great, yeah. great pitcher from Sperry. Three, three to two. And, and the McGrew kid that set the national RBI record. And home run yeah, And a home run record from Cleveland. Yeah. Wow. And uh, really good players. Yeah, well, Coach, I, uh, I don't know if we want to keep you too much longer, but we appreciate uh, you yeah. coming out and sharing some stories with us. You think I us. don't like to tell a story and relive the memories? Hey, uh, that's what it's all about, and that's what our podcast is about. We appreciate you joining yeah. us. And we're going to have to show you how to get where you can listen to it. <laughs> yeah. He pulled out yeah. a phone that has not been legal in America. <laughs> I still have my Nokia, but they faked it out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you charge that my, thing. Yeah. yeah, you're not going to get the podcast on that. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. I, I'm married to a gal that's tech smart. Okay. So she can get it. I know. She's been texting me back. She's she's yeah. good. She's pretty, she's pretty yeah. smart. Yeah. yeah. Well, Coach, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was it was great. Loved hearing your stories again. Oh, and some goodness. And some new ones I didn't know. Really? Yeah. So. This podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. We believe in the power of connection.